Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. All right, today's guest is Micah Lowe. He is the owner of the Simply O3 ozone generator, which I use in my house. So I got into ozone therapy when I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. I went to an all-natural uh, doctor who cures Lyme, and I was doing major autohemotherapy. It's basically where they take your blood out, and then they mix it with some ozone, and then they put that ozonated blood back inside of you. And that worked wonders for my chronic Lyme disease. But as I got towards the end of my treatments, I felt like I was just spending too much money and too much time driving to the back and forth to the clinic. And then I realized I could just get one of these in-home devices and I could use it daily. And that would be more effective than just driving to the clinic twice a week. 
So I invested in a Simply O3 and ozone is super great for oxidative stress, enhancing uh, oxygen utilization. It's really great for the gut. It helps you um, absorb your nutrients better. Even if you aren't sick, it's really great for performance. Like I use it uh, before I go to the gym and absolutely I get way less fatigue while I'm there. I mean, anytime that Cole or myself has a bug or come, feel like we're coming down with something, the first thing we do is run to the ozone generator. So if you want to try out any of Micah's products, I have linked to the Simply O3 website in the show notes, and I have a discount code for you. That discount code is ITP10. And even if you don't want to commit to one of the more uh, expensive devices, he does have ozonated oil capsules on his website and ozonated oil suppositories. So that might be like an entry level type of thing that you might just want to purchase and see if ozone works for you. Uh, I personally haven't found anybody that it doesn't work for. So if you want to just try out some capsules or some suppositories, they also have payment plans on the devices. If you want to pay it over 12 months, that's what I did because I was spending so much money on my Lyme disease protocol at the time. So there are options and there are ways to get it more affordable in your home. So once again, that code is ITP10 and the website is in the show notes. Micah, welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I've uh, been using your device for well over a year now with, uh, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I had Lyme disease and I was going to, uh, out to Dr. Minkoff's clinic, which I know you know him well. Uh, I seen him on, I at least seen him linked on your website and, uh, you know, I was just paying crazy money for ozone therapy out there with the Lyme. And so I finally, uh, just chalked it up and bought one of your devices because it just made more sense economically. Uh, but before we get into the ozone, I kind of wanted you to tell us a little bit about, I heard you said you had like 10 siblings growing up uh, in a different podcast, and most of them are entrepreneurs. So why don't you give us mm -hmm. a little insight about how it was growing up with that many siblings? And what do you think sparked uh, maybe your parenting style that you had or whatever? What made you guys become all like entrepreneurial style? Yeah, it was kind of an interesting upbringing. Like my parents were uh, really conservative and kind of back to nature. So um, just along with that was having a lot of kids. <laughs> but, you know, they my dad at the time, I didn't know that he was like successful in business, but he had done pretty well in business. But we lived, I wouldn't say like poor, but, you know, like uh, we didn't have any access of anything. Um, and we used kind of rundown stuff and kind of live that way, which was pretty cool considering my dad um, could have lived like a, a pretty luxurious lifestyle if he had wanted to. Um, but yeah, through that, like a lot of people think that with 10 siblings, like the house was really crazy and busy for me, I was sibling number nine. Um, so a lot mm -hmm. of my older siblings, uh, you know, had moved out by when I was like 12 or so, you know, kind of growing up in a more normal house, I would say with like, you know, four four other siblings, maybe that's not mm -hmm. normal, but it, more normal for me. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it's really cool though, because we have a pretty tight knit family. And that's one thing that's stuck out over the years is like when we go to conferences, cause I used to help, uh, my dad host these conferences and my, uh, other brothers were involved. Uh, everybody would be like, man, they really just love the family dynamic that we have and how we kind of operate as a unit. Um, and a lot of, you know, just love and trust and all that kind of stuff goes between us. So. Uh, really cool to have those relationships and a lot of credit to my uh, my parents and my dad, especially just in terms of uh, helping us to become entrepreneurs. And I think he did that mostly like 
the way he spent time with us was uh, he would work with us on stuff. So it wasn't really like, I don't know, we weren't doing something unproductive. We were always working on something. So Saturdays, work days, and a lot of it was outside and he loves to like tinker with stuff, fix mowers. Uh, we had these barns. So I remember fixing barn doors all the time and that kind of stuff. But that's, that's how we spent time together was just uh, working on stuff. And he would involve us in what he was doing. He was a serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, he had some pretty, pretty uh, bad companies or bad ideas too. But through those mistakes, I think the thing that stuck out was his tenacity and his practicality. So he would provide really simple, practical solutions to problems. And uh, he got into the health industry and really helped out with something called ultraviolet blood irradiation. Um, and that did really well for him. But yeah, I think uh, as far as like why there's so many entrepreneurs in our family, uh, I think he did a good job at just teaching us how to critically think. Uh, we were all homeschooled too. Um, so like our education was a little bit off the beaten path in those terms, but he opened up a lot of opportunities in terms of like allowing us to see, see what was there and what we could do about it to like solve a problem. Um, and then I, I would say that, you know, there was no safety net, like uh, there was no like fallback, like if something, needed to be fixed or solved or uh, anything like that. It was, you were the person to do it. Uh, and that kind of mentality I think was really helpful for a lot of us. That's amazing. And thanks for answering that. It's kind of a selfish question because uh, my wife and I, my <laughs> wife and I are actually uh, planning to start having kids are, you know, trying to get pregnant this year. And so the next few years we'll probably be starting the family and uh, we're thinking a lot about homeschooling and how to develop our kid in a more, in a, you know, non-traditional style manner, thinking more entrepreneurial. And so uh, yeah. it's kind of a selfish question, but I well, wanted to see. When you when you ask him, sorry, I knew, I could tell you going into your next question. So I wanted to add no, and something in, in case it's helpful. Uh, but when I ask him like what he did, because I have a different perspective, obviously, um, he goes back to just like, uh, involving them in the business that you're doing or whatever you're doing uh, regularly and making them a part of that. So for me and my kids, uh, I plan to, you know, get them involved in like shipping or just stuff like that. So like, for example, when he had his businesses, I would at like 14 literally be calling clinics, uh, like cold dialing and doing that kind of stuff mm. or sending out letters and come back in the evening. Hey, here's five, 600 letters that you have to like put together and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think involving the kids in what you're doing is helpful. And then he said, uh, just creating opportunities for them, not in terms of capital or money. Um, so that's different. That's, I don't think that's necessarily helpful, but helping them to see the opportunity and encourage them and support them through the process was more his approach to that, not just giving money or anything like that. He was actually gave us, gave, gave me a lot of bad deals, <laughs> but that's, but I think that was good because, uh, you don't get special treatment and you kind of learn the hard way. Like, Oh, this was not good <laughs> financially. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn some of those lessons. And I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I listened to a lot of Ben Greenfield over the years and it seems like he has his kids doing like the cooking show and the podcasting. And it's like, will they ever be as big as podcasters him? Maybe not, but at least they're like at a young age, kind yeah. of like toying around with, okay, they got a couple affiliate codes. They have, you know, they're making a little bit of money maybe off this podcast and they're producing content, things that are like, more future forward thinking than like, you know, just going to school and learning a bunch of 100%. crap that you don't really need as far as like our education system. So I'm trying to you're always, really hone in on that. You're always auditioning for roles you don't know exist yet. 
So mm-hmm. I think when you take that perspective, it's like, yeah, this uh, them doing a cooking show. I, I don't know what it does, but say it like say and no offense to Ben Greenfield or his family, but say it sucks <laughs> and it doesn't do anything. Well, the skills that they develop through doing that and the trial and error and just kind of getting their mind around it, they're going to be so much more capable in the future. So it's not about what they're doing now. It's about, about the fact that they're learning, you know, yeah. and knowing how to go through that process. I think they're like 12 or 13 or something. They could be in middle school learning, you know, whatever algebra, or they could be doing this cooking show and learning how to garden and building the fort in the backyard, which I think just ends up having more skills and, uh, for their later adult life than even if, like you said, the cooking show never takes off. Yeah. So for sure. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into ozone. Uh, how'd you get started in ozone? I know you talked about working with your dad on some, uh, the kind of UV blood irradiation stuff. And then how'd you transfer over to ozone? Yeah. Um, so my brother had a form of rant, uh, rare brain cancer and went through the Johns Hopkins medical system. So, uh, you know, and at that time, our family was kind of like, you know, this this is the way to go, right? Conventional medical system and all that kind of stuff. And they're kind of cutting edge. It's Johns Hopkins, so it's kind of prestigious. But uh, essentially what happened is he lived past what they expected him to live to. And when all the other patients died, like five-year mark or where, wherever it is, and they said, well, we don't really know what to do, so we can do experimental stuff. And experimental stuff meant like open brain surgeries and drugs that like you know, had really toxic effects, but weren't really proven to actually help. So kind of just, hey, let's see what happens. And uh, along with that track, he had lost a lot of his critical thinking processes with these open brain surgeries. I think he had, I can't remember the exact number, seven, I want to say seven to nine was a lot. Um, But he had lost a lot of that. So our family was kind of like, well, what can we find that's going to be helpful for him? that's going to bring back some of the quality of life and and hopefully give them some energy and at the very least just help on quality of life uh, side of things and, and hopefully help with the cancer too. But uh, through that process, my dad uh, got involved in something called ultraviolet butter radiation that really had no effect on cancer. Um, yeah, some effect on the immune system and it's good in that regard. But uh, yeah, he just was opened up his paradigm to these natural alternative ideas and ultraviolet blood radiation was used for like sepsis and like all these nasty infections. So he's kind of interested in it, in it. And then um, he had developed, went through a lot of different phases, but what ended up happening is he had some equipment by the end of it that got some like recognition from Michael Hamlin at Harvard. And I had been working with him on this project uh, all along. Like I said, he kind of involved us in stuff. So I was one of the only kids left at home, um, you know, to work on stuff. So uh, I was pretty intimately involved with the whole process between like building machines, actually talking with doctors and all that kind of stuff. And uh, down the road, I I had wanted to go through the medical system, become a doctor. So I was going through nursing school. I thought, you know, become a nurse, then become a doctor was kind of my plan. And uh, working with him and then working, I was also working in a pharmacy and going to school. Um, I just kind of noticed the two different paradigms, uh, conventional being like, Hey, uh, let's treat the symptoms. And I know everybody says this, so it sounds kind of cliche, but it really is true. It's like just a very, uh, like, I don't really care what the actual problem is. I just want to throw a bandaid on it. And I don't think a lot of people in that system necessarily would verbalize it that way, but at the end of the day, that's, that's what it is. So you have to kind of match up the behavior and the words to kind of figure out what's going on. And I'm, I take people at face value too. It's kind of to a degree that's not um, healthy, but it also serves me well. So it's hard to say, but anyway, like I, 
you know, so you have to look at like the behavior essentially and the behavior of conventional medicine is that, uh, yeah, we're just treating symptoms. We're giving drugs that people have to stay on for the rest of their life and, and not really helping them to be healthier. It's just like, how can we like keep this under wraps so that they're not expressing these terrible symptoms uh, until something else pops up because of the drug that they're taking and not actually solving it. <laughs> um, and then natural medicine, it was really cool. I was able to talk to all these doctors that were doing some cutting edge, interesting things that were actually helping people actually listening to patients, which was a recurrent thing is like, hey, my doctor doesn't listen to me or like, you know, I, I went in for this and they just did not care. I asked for labs and they would not give me labs or whatever it is. And these guys and these were pretty small, like conferences and groups I get to go and like sit at a table with and like actually talk to people during lunch and that kind of stuff and talk on the phone every day. And uh, yeah, they just really actually cared about their patients were constantly learning, constantly going to peers, trying to figure out what worked and really get down to the root of the problem. So I was like, well, that's what I want to do. Um, so at, at that point, I hadn't started the equipment side of the business, but ozone therapy did have a problem at the time in terms of like in the United States, there wasn't a lot of good information on it. Um, there was a lot of like research and studies. There was over 2000 at the time. So there was a lot of like good information on it. It just wasn't put in a way that people could really um get a good understanding of it. So like what's going on with ozone therapy and cancer? Well, you don't want to have to go and read um, 90 to 200 studies to kind of get a little bit of a synopsis or a little bit of an understanding. That's a lot of work. And for the average person, they don't have that kind of time or even, you know, some of the language difficulties of like reading biochemistry and that kind of stuff can be difficult or understanding what the study really means. So I kind of took it upon myself to become a journalist on behalf of ozone therapy and produced a, a quite a bit of writing. Um, I actually have a, I don't know, maybe over 2000 pages on ozone therapy by now. Um, and a lot of it, unfortunately, isn't cataloged online. I do need to do a better job at that. Uh, but that gained some some popularity. So doctors would take those, use them to educate their patients, to educate their staff, to educate themselves, um, and then started developing equipment. And that was a whole nother uh, issue that I think we solved. But essentially, yeah, that's where Simply L3 came from is that background. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad you kind of woke up to the medical model. I've heard that kind of over and over as you listen to more yeah. podcasts and stuff with like functional practitioners and things like that. So and that's why I went the more functional route throughout all of my healing journey and stuff as well, because I wasn't I knew that they were going to just try to label me with autoimmune condition and slap me some pills or steroids or whatever they try to give you for depending on your symptoms. And I just I wasn't going to agree with that at all, for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, getting into the ozone uh, generators, it seems like they used to be pretty expensive, but it seems like a, it may look a little confusing to somebody who's never used it. But if once you get like using it, you're like, it's a pretty simple device. So what made like the older like ozone generator so expensive and like what'd you do to cut that cost? Yeah, the, I, well, I think part of it was there just wasn't many people in town. So like it used to be like twice the price to get like a medical grade ozone generator. And there was in the United States really only one company that was providing them. And then they, they were prior to the internet too. So I'm sure the internet changed some of that in terms of like uh, be, people being able to import. And so more companies came on over time. But yeah, I think at the time it was probably just their access to um, like manufacturing practices and 
just the fact that they were like the only people so they could charge whatever. Uh, so it was pretty expensive. So what we did though, is I worked with a local engineer who was a friend from our church and he helped out and he had, you know, done an entire career at engineering was pretty good at coincidentally, uh, ozone generator. So it worked <laughs> out pretty well, but, um, yeah. So like, what did we solve? Uh, essentially we outsourced like the stuff that could be outsourced. And then like, I was actually putting it together, making it in my office and doing that kind of stuff, uh, for a long time. And, uh, yeah, then I just didn't charge an arm and a leg. I just didn't make much money at the beginning. So I was charging less then than I am now uh, because now there's like employees and other stuff that I have to pay and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's like a great explanation on why the prices were so high and why they've come down so much other than just more people are in the market. It's become more competitive and um, getting rid of some of the redundancies and like, hey, we don't have to manufacture with this person or like a certain component with this person that's crazy expensive we can outsource that part bring that in and just some of the logistical stuff ah uh, makes a lot of sense all right well i guess let's dive into ozone what is ozone exactly most people listen to the show may or may not have ever heard of ozone so what is it yeah so coming off the heels of that unsexy <laughs> what was with the ozone generator well ozone <laughs> itself is a lot more interesting than a generator right. so, uh, <laughs> usually it's like uh yeah talking like the internal components of a generator is like yeah there's maybe five people in the world who care uh, <laughs> but, uh and me being one of them uh but uh yeah ozone itself i find super fascinating because it's like when i first got into it it's like how is this thing used for like gangrene and cancer at the same time like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially with some of my education being like uh you know one drug for an indication it does one thing you know that kind of approach and so um it looked akin more to like exercise like exercise helps a lot of different stuff right so i was like well that that doesn't, I, I didn't understand it. So I got really interested in it. So ozone is a gas, uh, like in an ozone therapy, it's medical grade ozone gas. It's O3 oxygen being O2. And we can apply that in a lot of different ways onto the body. So you can apply it onto the skin, like say in gangrene, you can put it around the wounded area, like with a bag and pump the gas into it. And it's all a closed loop system. So it goes into the bag and then out into this thing called a destruct. Uh, whereas like cancer or like, say, I just want to optimize my body or get my total, whole body healthier. You can do IV forms of administration. You can do rectal, ins uh, rectal insufflation, vaginal insufflation. And those are three really good ways to get like a systemic uh, reaction from the ozone therapy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to apply it and it seems to be really good for a lot of different stuff. So it really captivated me. That's amazing. And I, it's crazy when you look at the, uh, like benefits, it almost seems fake. Like there's just like a yeah, laundry list exactly. of benefits. You're almost like, it's too good to be true. So instead of like literally going through all of the benefits, what have you found to be like the most well-researched and the most beneficial of the benefits of also? Yeah, well, ozone, a lot of people don't know that it's actually natively made in our body, too, as a part of the immune system. So our body does actually produce ozone uh, for immune purposes. But the main benefits, I would say the biggest, there's four ones that I usually identify as being kind of the biggest one is immune modulation. So that's balancing out the immune system. So if you have an autoimmune disorder, it brings it down. And if you're immunosuppressed, like you have cancer, it brings it up. So that balances out the immune system, which is really good. We want a balanced immune system because that's where it's more effective. 
um, as opposed to just like taking something that's going to keep on boosting it up or keep on suppressing it, just balance it out. And that auto corrects a lot of other stuff in the body. Um, from there, you have oxygen efficiency, which is why a ton of athletes use it. Um, so we have a lot of professional athletes, especially endurance sports. Um, so when you do a systemic form of ozone therapy, like the IV, the rectal or the vaginal, uh, you become more oxygen efficient. And what that means is the oxygen you're breathing in is utilized more effectively for metabolism. So it improves your metabolism and now you're creating more energy and all the systems are just running better, essentially. Um, so it, what happens with that and why athletes like it is that you fatigue less quickly. So if you do it like an hour or two hours before a workout, you should have a noticeable reduction in fatigue throughout the workout. So say it's a workout, you know, it's 20 minutes long and normally you fatigue significantly at the 12 minute mark. And this is just arbitrary. So just for the purposes of this, but um, and then another time you do that workout, you did ozone therapy prior. Well, now you might not have that same feeling of fatigue until like minute 17. So you fatigue less quickly. Uh, the third thing, microcirculation helps improve blood flow, getting nutrients to areas that need. And it's really good at doing that. Um, so it works with like peripheral vascular disease, which is like restricted blood flow um, and can mediate that. And that's that's really important for the body. It sounds kind of like un, unsexy, benign. It doesn't really do much, but blood flow is super important. Um, so getting it to the appropriate parts, getting nutrients there and then offloading byproduct from the cells. Uh, and then the fourth thing is it uh, mitigates uh, chronic oxidative stress. So oxidative stress is theorized to be the leading cause of aging and disease. And that's when your body has an imbalance between free radicals and antioxidants. And you don't need to know much about that. But essentially, if you have too many free radicals, they start to throw wrenches in the system. They don't know where to go. Like there's just an excess of them. So they start to break down cells and do that kind of stuff. So chronic oxidative stress is... Uh, state that you want to get out of and ozone is really interesting because it's an oxidant so how does it mitigate and reduce oxidative stress well when you apply ozone therapy it is like a little stress to the body just like exercise or sauna or ice baths but what your body does in response is it creates more antioxidant enzymes so your body is now naturally creating these antioxidant defenses and that's really good in mitigating chronic oxidative stress so you'll see a reduction in no, 100%. I've uh, let a few people use my ozone generator who've never used it, and they instantly feel like this relief, this calm, um, just kind of like euphoric almost feeling, even if they just do like the ear insufflation. But it's pretty bizarre how it's kind of like adaptogenic almost, if that's a term. I don't even know if they use that term for ozone, but that's what it kind of what it reminds me of, like adaptogens, right? How they kind of just balance. There's no like boosting up or lowering down, but they kind of are like selective and they kind of just bring the body more into balance. Homeostasis, that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah, some people do use adaptogenic to it. I'm not su super familiar with adaptogens, so I don't use that word very often. But as I understand it, it kind of fits the definition to a degree. But yeah, we're just putting your body into balance because your body, like, we just want to get your body up and running and working properly. And if we do that, that fixes a lot of stuff. Your body's more capable of healing. It's more capable of optimizing, all that kind of stuff. So if we can... uh induce like a little bit of stress to the body and the body responds by building back stronger and balancing itself that's ideal because now you just have a more capable body yeah especially especially it seems like the oxygen utilization uh in today's world with all of the toxins and the other chronic stressors we have i feel like we have a lowered ability to kind of utilize oxygen and also uh, them chronic stressors will uh, inhibit digestive function so then we have 
more of a problem, even if we're eating a really nutritious diet as far as like assimilating the nutrients. So you can kind of use a device like this to boost up the oxygen utilization and then also help to kind of transfer and move around the nutrients that you're actually spending good money on and buying supplements. But if your digestive function's messed up and you can't absorb them, but kind of enhance that a little bit, you just kind of get an overall systemic effect from it. Yeah, it helps a lot of stuff. Obviously, it doesn't replace the fundamentals of like good diet and exercise. Nothing will and nothing ever will. We're just made <laughs> to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, it is really helpful. Um, and I think just because it works so fundamentally, that's why it can be used in so many. It, it's studied for over 150 different indications. And that's just studies. That's like hard research. So it actually works for a lot more. Um and it does act differently. Like if you put it on the skin, it doesn't have those uh, systemic benefits that I was talking about. So it does have some different applications depending on how you're applying it. But yeah, it can be used for so many different things. Like it, I think of it as like just kind of like in terms of if you have it in your house, like an ozone generator or setup, it's just kind of like a full house and system for whatever comes up. So you get like there was a lady who jumped on my call a few weeks ago who actually cured her sepsis uh, using IV ozone. So they had somebody sneak in, giving her IV ozone therapy, essentially, um, and got rid of sepsis. And uh, it, it worked. And it, it, I've had that story quite a few times. You know, it doesn't work 100 percent of the time, but it's pretty good. Um, so it, it gets rid of like infections. So if you have stuff on your skin, it can get rid of those infections. Uh, just a general boost, keeping you healthy, preventative stuff, more less likely to get a chronic disease because if you're working on that chronic oxidative stress and keeping that uh you know in balance then then you're less likely to form a disease in the first place so it, and with my kids like i use it on my kids for like ear infections or uh, eye infections or all sorts of stuff so you can use it in so many different ways that's a that's amazing with the kids are you kind of just doing like ear insufflation yeah typically like you do a lower dose obviously and i don't have like recommendations and information on how to apply it to kids because there's just too much uh liability for us in terms of like even if something uh if something went wrong with the kid and it had nothing to do with the ozone but then they point to that well that's that's not good for us so i don't have any recommendations on dosing for kids but what i do for my kids see, there's <laughs> there's the wordsmithing what i do for my kids is like say they have uh an ear infection, I can fill up like a, a syringe. They don't have the needle on the end. So these syringes, they, they're just dull, right? There's no needle. Um, but you fill up a syringe and it's a small one. It's like 60 cc's, which, you know, maybe the size of your hand, I don't know, but not very big. But uh, you, you pull up some gas into that and then you just push it into the ears. And that's it, you do that a couple times a day and gets rid of the ear infection pretty quickly. And that works in the case of like chronic ear infections too, as a preventative, that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that might even make a little bit more sense than trying to get your kid to sit down and put the put the ear ear uh, insufflation thing in and sit there for five minutes. So the syringe might even just be just a quick get it done. Yeah, well, uh, my kids are so Addison is eight and then six and then three and then one. So depending on their age, like Addison could do totally fine with the stethoscope that where it has the gas going directly into the ears and you don't have a syringe. It's just coming from the generator into the ears. But um, she does fine with that, but yeah, with like, uh, my one-year-old and three-year-old, yeah, they're not going to sit there and, and do that. So <laughs> I just push a small, small amount into their ears and that works pretty well. Okay, cool. I want to actually get in before we break down each method is, uh, just so we don't forget it towards the end is, uh, 
kind of like dosing here so people could I know it goes in gamma, which most people might not be familiar with, but there is a reader right on top of the machine. So it's pretty easy to navigate once you figure out like what gamma to use. And then um, so let's kind of like maybe do like a starting dose for like a sick person versus more like an optimization dose. Are they different? Yeah, I, well, different at the beginning. So like if you are starting off, you always want to start on the low side of ozone because it, one thing with it is because people bring it into their house, they don't really respect it as a potent therapy. So like it is strong and it is really good at what it does. So like you have to respect it. So don't just jump up to like full dose because you can, if you have a bird in the immune system, you can get a Herxheimer reaction or if you're not used to it, it can make you a little bit tired the next day. Um, some of those kinds of things. So you want to avoid just starting off at full dose. But yeah, gamma is what we say to describe how strong the ozone gas is. So gamma doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of like saying units, like how many units do you have? Um, the appropriate or the technical term is micrograms per milliliter, um, but that's kind of long and difficult to say. So we just say gamma and that's why we say gamma. Um, so yeah, usually you're starting off, uh, depends on the application you're doing, uh, let's say, uh, rectal insulation, cause that's the most common way to get ozone into the body and it works really well. Also works with like dysbiosis and other gut issues. So it seems to be the most common. Um, and it's like an alternative to IVs that stimulates a lot of the same stuff. Uh, not quite as strong, but it also has a gut benefit. So it's pretty good. Um, usually people would start off at like 20 gamma and then over time work up to 40. So, and then there's also how much gas you're using that you can play with. So um, think of if you have like two cups of coffee and there's the same amount of liquid in each one, but one is like really strong coffee and one is really weak coffee. Well, that's the volume, so, or excuse me, the, the amount of liquid is the volume and the strength of the coffee would be like the concentration. So we have those two things that we can change. So with ozone, gamma is the concentration and then volume is just how much gas is being applied so uh you might start off with like 20 gamma 200 uh, ml which is like small amount i don't know if this is video recording or just audio but pretty small amount um and then you you just slowly work your way up and you can do do that like you can be up to full dose within like uh three weeks if if you're not inducing like a herxheimer reaction or anything like that so it goes pretty fast yeah, that's kind of where I, I mean, they started me pretty low in the clinic. That was my first time with ozone, especially because I had Lyme. So they kind of start you lower and then they kind of more bump it up over time. Same thing with the Hocat sauna I was using out there as well with us, which is like a different application for ozone. But um, so if someone is sick and they get a Herxheimer kind of reaction, is there any way to kind of mitigate that or they just kind of... Um, you know, just push through it or, you know, I've kind of found some benefits with like NAC or glutathione and maybe some form of binder. Yeah, I was, uh, you, you probably have more experience. I, I've never personally experienced a Herxheimer reaction. So, um, my intimacy with it wouldn't be like what yours would be. Um, but as far as what I understand is vitamin C, glutathione, uh, some binders sweating out, like some of those things can be helpful if you're able to. Yeah, ascorbic acid for sure. And and I've found that the ascorbic acid, um, some people knock it because it's not like the whole food C, but ascorbic acid when it comes to a Herxheimer reaction or detoxification seems to work a lot better than whole food C. I don't know if it's just the dose, the strength, but I have found more benefits with the ascorbic acid once I jumped over to that. So did you, when you had the Herxheimer reaction, were you just supplementing or were you doing some other stuff too? I mean, it's tough because I've been doing Lyme disease, so I was 
you know, when I first got into ozone, I was doing all these herbs from mink off and peptides and different things and the whole cat sauna. So it was like a lot going on at once. Yeah. It was like a $20,000 treatment. So that was like really hard to tell what the Herx was even coming from because I would be out at his uh, office for like seven hours straight doing like seven different therapies in one day, right? Like PEMF and uh, you'd be doing the vibration plate whole cat glutathione ivs and myers cocktail so i was like really like you didn't really know what was the cause in the herx but you know I, he, he had me on some stuff that had some ascorbic acid on it but then once i started using the um ozone at the house once i was done going out there i was kind of on this whole food vitamin c kind of train and um you know because it's supposed to have all of the flavonoids and all this and all that but then i kind of read into like some of Doris Lowe's kind of uh, background stuff on vitamin C, like ascorbic acid. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's just the dose or I don't know why it seems to work better, especially if you're dealing with some detox stuff. But then I, when I went over to the ascorbic acid, not only is it a lot cheaper, it was a lot more effective for the uh, Herxheimer reactions. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, that's an interesting conversation on the, like you call it what whole, what'd you say? Whole food C? Yeah, like Whole Foods, C would be like acerola cherry powder or whatever they kind of use, you know, they use camu camu and different things. And a lot of the like paleo style people and like Morley Robbins really towed it for having the flavonoids and stuff in there. Yeah, I know a lot of people really knock the ascorbic acid and there's some doctors that even call it dangerous. And I, I, I take ascorbic acid. I take like eight grams a day or something. <laughs> so I'm taking a lot because... Uh, uh, I don't know. I just like for me, some of that stuff, like, cause I can't get my one, I don't have the time to get my head into it. And uh, two, it's just like, there's so much information and to filter it all out, it's difficult. So I just go based on people that I really trust. And I know yeah. like um, what they're like, they're not selling anything, like what their intentions are. Like they're there to help people. Like they kind of have a mission of being on this planet of like, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so I don't know, comes down to, it. I just have to go based off of like trusting this person essentially. Yeah. And you know, it was funny because I was out there with Minkoff and he was using ascorbic acid and he treats Lyme and cancer all the time. And then I still got wrapped up into this information and switched over to whole food C for a while. And, uh, you know, and there's probably clearly benefits to both. I'd imagine, you know, your body wants both, but it seems like the ascorbic acid, if you are dealing with something chronic and you are having herxes and detoxification issues, seems like the ascorbic acid works better and you can get a lot higher doses for really cheap. Yeah, I forget the, I think I use American nutraceuticals or something, which is why I can take like eight grams a day because normally it would just run through your body. Um, and mm -hmm. there's, it doesn't do that. Like it somehow doesn't cause the runs or anything like that. So getting a pretty high dose of that. Yeah. And I still use about like, I think I use like 2000 or 2,500 a day, something like that just for like maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's break down. There's so many different ways we can use ozone. So let's break it down. Um, I guess we can get into what I was using out there at uh, Minkoff's clinic, which is more like chronic for what was that called? I think it's called major auto hemotherapy, which is kind of like a long term, but it's kind of just basically IV ozone. Let's break that yep. down. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that ozone therapy can be applied in IV, and they're all essentially just different protocols. So, like how much being applied, how much blood is being taken out, that kind of thing. So, but every protocol has one thing in common, or a couple things, which is we're pulling out blood, we're mixing it with ozone gas, and then putting it back into the body. 
And that's the best way to do ozone therapy. It just seems to have like the best systemic uh, reaction. Obviously, if you have like a vaginal infection, doing vaginal insulation is going to be better um, for that area. So, you know, but overall, in terms of like systemic approaches, it's the best. Um, So major autohemotherapy is one of the protocols and it's the gold standard because it has the most research behind it. It's the most proven most widely used. Um, and then even within that, some doctors will say pulling out 60 mil of blood is major autohemotherapy. Um, when, yeah, maybe technically, but that's like a really low dose. So they're usually pulling out 200 to 300 mil of blood, uh, infusing the ozone gas into the blood and then putting it back into the body. Um, and the price on that ranges. So you can find it as cheap as like 150, depending on where you're at. You know, maybe Wyoming is going to be a little bit less expensive than Beverly Hills. So all the way up to like 400 bucks would be kind of the top end price for that. Then you have other protocols like Ebu and TenPass and these other different things. But those are usually like high dose forms of ozone therapy. So usually what a practitioner will do is start you off a major autohemotherapy uh, and then build up to like a high dose of ozone therapy for more uh like just just worse infections essentially is i think the biggest use case a lot of doctors just do it anyway but i think the high dose stuff is really best used in uh, bad infections like lyme disease or chronic infections and that kind of thing um major autohemotherapy seems to take the cake in, in terms of research on just what it's doing in the body so like it, it just seems to be the most effective overall um and yeah, maybe high dose, like you get a little bit more uh, benefit, even if you're not, don't have a chronic infection, but the price point on it ranges from anywhere like 800 bucks would be a really low end. Um, and if they're charging less than that, it's probably not like a super high dose form of ozone therapy. It's probably just some modified protocol they use uh, all the way up to like $2,500 per treatment. So it gets really expensive. So I... You know, at the very least, I would say major autohemotherapy has 80% of the results that those high dose, and I think that's like at the worst case scenario, uh, as those high dose forms do. And I, that would be a controversial thing to say in my, <laughs> in my <laughs> industry as well. So a lot of people won't agree with me on that, but just that's, that's based on where the research is at. So research is always coming out and I'm sure there'll be something like I've had to change my mind many times and opinions on ozone therapy, but that's, that's where it seems to be to date is that just pulling out 200 mil of blood infusing with the gas and putting it back in is, is uh, the best way to do it. But that's more like industry inside knowledge. I'm not sure what your <laughs> base of people are more interested in hearing about. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never done a show on ozone, so we'll see if it okay. sparks anyone's interest. Um, but yeah, that's more yeah. of like the clinical setting. If you were really sick like I was, I think it was like 250 a treatment or something like that. And I was getting two of them a week. So then after I did the couple month treatment going twice a week out there, I was like, well, I'm just going to buy the Simply L3 machine because it's whatever, a little over a thousand bucks and uh, whatever. I don't know what you're charging now, if it's the same, but either way, it's by the time you're adding in 500 bucks a week, you're going to buy a machine within a month's worth of treatments for sure. And then that way I could do the rectal and the ear insufflation and everything at home. So why don't we dive into the more practical uses for at home, like uh, rectal yeah. insufflation? Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason we have, we have like a group of Amish that actually buy our equipment. So we had this guy named Graham <laughs> that a long time was like their, not their advocate, but it somehow like the go between, between like health companies and the Amish uh, communities. Um, and he would outfit them. I don't know why, but the, apparently they're a lot allowed to use batteries, but 
like they would use it in their their medicine essentially so like i said it's like a whole home system that works for a lot of different stuff and uh preppers use it a lot too so a lot of preppers <laughs> uh will be buying equipment but so was your question like what are the different ways we can apply it at home i'm sorry yeah so basically like okay. we can dive into like rectal insufflation seems to be the most beneficial at home i feel like so let's break that down yeah so Rectal insufflation is taking a small amount of the gas and putting it where the sun don't shine. So <laughs> it's not a lot. It only takes a few minutes and you don't need to hold it. So it's kind of like an enema, but the upside is you don't need to hold it because ozone has a very fast reaction time. So within a few seconds, it's uh, bonded to the mucosal wall. It's created some lipid peroxides. So those are absorbed into the portal vein and it's distributed throughout the body to get that systemic small stress that the body creates some more antioxidant enzymes from. Um, and then it does also have some local effect on the gut. Um, so if you have dysbiosis, which is an imbalance in your microbiome, right? Uh, there's some studies showing that it, at a pretty high rate can uh, can get rid of like dysbiosis and that kind of thing. So, and I think what's happening is because it's kind of counterintuitive, like why would you use such a strong oxidant? So in aerobic treatment in an anaerobic environment, like the cells down there and the, the microbiome doesn't like oxygen really right they they don't live or don't need to live off that so putting oxygen and ozone in there is kind of counterintuitive to most people but essentially what happens is we have a very small amount of it it's not like we're flooding the entire colon with uh ozone gas and oxygen gas we're we're applying it to a small area so um it probably does kill off some of the good microbiome and bad microbiome in that area. But what happens and what you see in the research is that the good microbiome starts to repopulate and come back stronger and balance out. So I think what happens is that, yeah, we do we do get rid of a little bit, not a lot um, in that area, but it creates a better terrain for the microbiome to take place, a healthy microbiome. So that's, that's what it seems like it's happening when you're doing rectal insulation. And then on top of that, you have the systemic effects of it. So helping with the oxygen efficiency and what people usually experience though, like say you're sick and you have Lyme disease is most commonly, and not everybody has this, like this can range anywhere from like the first treatment up to like three weeks. And this is just the most common. So it's not like everybody has this, but usually an improvement in energy, a reduction in brain fog, a general sense of well-being, which you alluded to with your friends earlier, like um, not quite like euphoria, but just like, I feel pretty good. Like, uh, you know, I feel kind of on my toes. I feel light. I feel good. Uh, that's like general sense of well-being. And that's documented in the literature over and over and over because it's pretty significant um, what people get from that. So, uh, yeah, reduce brain fog, increase energy, general sense of well-being, um, sometimes reduce pain, too. It can help with like even like back pain or something uh, because that does help with the pain pathways uh, by reducing like inflammation and things like that. Um what else do people experience? I would say those are probably the big ones through rectal insulation. If you do it before an exercise, though, uh, that's that's the way I like to do it the most is like if I do it prior to a workout, I fatigue a lot less quickly. So like if I go play basketball uh, rather than kind of tiring her out, out around an hour, like I can I notice a significant difference. So sometimes I'll be like two hours in and be like, I'm really I feel pretty good still. Um, so that's that's where I like to use it the most. But yeah, essentially what we're doing in terms, do you want me to kind of break down what the application process looks like? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. 
So we have an oxygen tank and, you know, it, it looks kind of funky. It looks like you have a little bit of a laboratory setup because you have an oxygen <laughs> tank, you have a little ozone generator, which also makes it cool. We got to admit, right? It feels good to be <laughs> like, hey, I got this, you know, like laboratory. I look smart, right? So it does look kind of cool. But you have an oxygen tank that you get a, an oxygen supply um, and you can there's two tanks. So you can get ones with prescriptions or ones without prescriptions. Most people go up the ones that don't require a prescription because there's the same grade of oxygen. I personally get IVs done with that oxygen, so I'm very comfortable with it. But it's rated for the same grade as medical grade, but it doesn't require a prescription. So a lot easier to get. So you have an oxygen tank that's hooked up to a little device um, about what, eight pounds, somewhere in there. Um, and that is what converts that oxygen into the ozone gas. And then you would connect a bag to that, you'd fill up the bag and then take the bag off, connect that to the catheter, push that three inches in, and then roll the bag down. And that's the process of rectal installation. And then you can go to the bathroom or whatever you need to do uh, right afterwards. You just need to hold it for like 20 seconds. So it's uh, pretty simple, the whole process, once you get used to it and like, Maybe your first time you're kind of unboxing stuff and getting it set up and getting a uh, your uh, conception just of the therapy, but um, like it it's only takes like three minutes. The first time might take like twenty or thirty, just uh, getting everything unboxed and doing it. So it's it's pretty easy to do from a time perspective. Yeah, and uh, like if anyone's ever done a coffee enema, like the. The tip on the coffee enema is way bigger than even the catheter for the ozone. The ozone, um, if people are kind of put off by the rectal, is like so little that you like barely even feel the catheter go in from the ozone machine. It's it's super, super tiny. Yeah. And I'm not here to convince anybody who's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> super opposed to rectal insufflation that you need to do it. Like, do what you want to do. But I would say look at your objectives and get rid of like, I don't know, like for me, uh, like, say I I am doing an endurance event and I want to fatigue less quickly. Like, I'm not going to let my concept about, um, like, rectal insufflation detract me from doing that, right? Like, I'm just going to do the thing and I'll get the better result. And, uh, no, that's okay. And, and nobody needs to know if you don't want them to. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to be like me and come on to a podcast and be like, rectal insufflation is really going to help everybody, you know? Uh but yeah, I think whatever you want to do there, but it does. Yeah, it is really effective. So, yeah, that's been the most effective and I can do it daily at the house. And I think I was maybe already a little bit uh, eased into it because I got into, into coffee enemas when I was super sick and they helped a lot. And I was already used to doing that a few times a week. So by the time I bought the machine, it was like nothing. And it's it's cool because I don't want to do a hour long coffee enema by the time I make it, clean it up, everything. And so in between, I can do the ozone, um, and it seems to have a lot of the same similar effects, in my opinion. I mean, they're different, but it does go to that portal vein. You're going to get some glutathione and different uh, antioxidants type of uh, systems working. So I do like that. Yeah, yeah, it does help. And it also has a little bit of a detox effect. Dr. Tom Shaw works at US, uh, UCLA uh, on the medical side of things and has worked with a lot of patients who have liver diseases and has been able to... Uh, reverse a lot of different liver diseases um, using just rectal insufflation. He brought it up to the medical board and they're like, no, we're not studying that. That's that's too bizarre. <laughs> but he, even though he had like really good case studies on it and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of sad that the medical system doesn't take it a little bit more seriously because there's a lot of research on it indicating that it can be. And I have some contacts in academia too. And when they go through the research, they're like, 
yeah, seems to be like there's more research needed, but overall seems to be really safe and work for a lot of different stuff and be pretty helpful. And uh, yeah, still there's not like funding for it or anything, but hopefully we can be self-funded uh, and start to go through that process, I think, in the next five years or so. That's cool. Great to know because I'm a former alcoholic drug addict, so maybe I can uh, put put a pound in on my liver over throughout my 20s. So hopefully I'm slowly <laughs> but surely uh, yeah. bringing that thing back to life. Well, we can relate on that a little bit. I didn't do drugs, <laughs> but I drank a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, I was going through it, doing all kinds of stuff. A lot of childhood traumas and stuff I had to work through. And uh, then actually getting really sick kind of got me sober because I couldn't handle the partying really um, towards the end of it. And I was like, my body's just not even processing this stuff. So that's when I started to get into all these like alternative therapies and trying to figure out why I had so much brain fog and fatigue. And it was an interesting journey. It's been years long. Yeah, if, you, if you've been hard on your body, that's a lot of this stuff can be really helpful. Uh, I think fasting up there has been really helpful for me, like even just intermittent fasting. I haven't done a long term fast in a while, uh, but yeah, ozone. Um, let's see, what else have I done? We've gotten into wizard sciences lately. Uh, you know, Todd it. introduced me. To, yeah, really like mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, I did get some labs done to identify where like nutritional deficiencies were. Get like a custom stack of supplements or Dr. Mandy LaGreca. That's been really helpful. Uh, just trying to optimize my sleep has been really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we can step over that stuff and, and become healthier regardless of the past. You know, maybe not perfect, but. Yeah. It's all good. I'm, I'm one day at a time. I'm, I'm getting younger, I think, with all these therapies. And I'm going to have Ion on next month to talk all about the wizard science and stuff, because that's been a actual pretty big help in um, overcoming this last little bit. I still have a little bit, but it's really helping with the neurological symptoms that kind of lingered from Lyme. So I'm super curious to dive in all about the wizard science and stuff next month. Yeah, that's that guy is a crazy man. I love him. Yeah, he's, been, he's amazing. Uh, exploding my mind <laughs> like yeah in a, in a good way i mean he's just he's uh you guys are working together a little bit righty i talked to him on the phone and he said you guys are working on some stuff well he's doing most of the work <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, i had I the imagine. idea and then uh you know i had the idea and then i was like i need to talk to somebody about this and three mm -hmm. people he's the guy direction yeah exactly yeah. so uh <laughs> hopefully um yeah, if he's coming on your podcast, I'm not sure if he wants me to talk about it. But yeah, yeah no, he didn't tell me what it was either. So you guys can keep that secret for now. And if he wants to bring it up, he can. All right, cool. Let's um, dive into the ear insufflation, which is a little bit more um, digestible for a lot of people. Like my wife, she'll put the earbuds in. She'll do the rectal, but she mostly will just pop the uh, ear insufflation in from here and there. So are there different systemic effects from that or is it all kind of the same? Yeah, it is different. I'd say like the research to date basically shows that it's useful for infections, uh, eyes, nose, throat, ears, because um, the ears do have tubules that go through to like the, the nasal passageway to the eyes, to the throat and that kind of stuff. So everything is interconnected to a degree. So if you put ozone gas in there, it is exposed to all those things. Um, and so the research up to date is like it's really helpful for like infections in those areas, be that viral, fungal, bacterial. Um, really effective that, uh, you know, especially like if you have mold, like you can help with your nasal passageways and, and reducing that load. But um, I also know clinically, like a lot of doctors that use it for things like heart disease. Um, so I'm pretty open to the idea that there's a systemic effect to it. And I don't know exactly what that is or why it's working because it's not researched. Um, 
but just because it's not researched doesn't mean it isn't there. It just means that we haven't observed it uh, yet. But um, I, th I think it does have some sort of systemic effect. Um, and I've heard that over and over and over and over for the many years. So I've kind of changed my tune on it a little bit. Um, I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. there's too many independently people telling me the same thing. So there's got to be something to it. Um, and I'm not talking like five people. I'm talking like hundreds because I talk to a lot of people on ozone. Um, so it does have some sort of systemic effect, but that's, yeah. So you have your tank, your generator and to your generator, instead of putting the bag on there, you put on like this little stethoscope thing, you know, where the doctor is used to listen to your heartbeat. It's like that, except it's hooked to the generator and the gas is going to go flow into the ears and you set it on a pretty high concentration. I recently updated the protocol too. So you use a higher concentration and in ear insufflation and a pretty low flow rate. And that seems to get the best effect. Um, but yeah, ear infections, nasal infections, nasal, you know, buildup, we can have biofilms and things like that. Um, eye infections, throat infections, um, a novel virus that we had recently <laughs> that you could <laughs> use it with. Um, so there's a lot of good applications for, for ear insufflation. And I've started to do it just kind of like as a part of my routine is uh, doing ear insufflation just because of all this, these anecdotes that I'm getting that it works for like things from heart disease, to just feeling better to like brain fog. And, and so I'm like, okay, there's something there. And uh, it does seem to be working for a lot of people. So I'm going to give it a shot too and start doing it. So yeah, cool. You do a higher dose and then how long do you usually leave the ear insufflation in? Yeah, I think if you're starting off, so uh, if you're starting off, maybe like a couple minutes. If you've been doing it for a while, maybe up to like eight um, minutes, I'd say. But uh, the thing to look out for, if you do too much ozone into the ears, and again, a lot of people don't respect it, but it is a pretty strong therapy. So respect it as such. Um, you'll get like discharge from the ears and maybe some itchiness and that kind of thing. It, it, there's not going to be permanent damage, but that just means you did too much ozone. So the next time, like cut your dose in half of whatever you did to get that reaction. Um, but yeah, I would say like two to eight minutes start at two and then slowly work up by like 15, 30 seconds each time if you're not getting any sort of negative reaction like that. Cool. And can I drink that water after it's been bubbling? Like, is, is that just yeah. ozone water in there? Yeah, absolutely. You could drink it um, to get full saturation. So ozone water is when you're saturating the water with the gas. So it bonds to the water for a shorter period of time. So every 30 minutes at room temperature, it decreases in strength by 50%. So an hour later, it's only 25% of the strength that it originally was. So if you want full strength water, you have to drink it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, you do, uh, you just bubble it for 12 minutes for every eight ounces. So say you have 16 ounces in there. Um, you just bubble it for 24 minutes and it'll be fully saturated with ozone as much as the water can carry. Right. And does that have like a more of a like kind of a effect on gut function or is that going systemic as well? Yeah. So the studies, like, again, that's another, there's so much unknown with, there's a lot that is known. So like we know how it's working in the blood. We know rectal insufflation, some of the stuff that it's doing, vaginal insufflation, some of the, like we know elements of all these different things. There's some areas like ear insufflation, ozone water, ozone oil pills, ozone saunas that are probably have the biggest deficit of research that uh, is really needed. Um, but it's not like the big dog. So that's why a lot of the researchers focus on like IV or rectal. Um, so with like ozonated water, what it's research, what the research stands 
as far as that goes is uh, Helicobacter pylori, which is like a stomach infection. It's really good at wiping out. Uh, also has been used in giardiasis, which is like a parasitic infection. So parasites and stomach infections uh, can be really good. On top of that, people are using it, not research, but using it for like SIBO and things like that, especially the ozonated oil pills, because those are a more stabilized form of ozone. So when you put it into an oil, um, it stabilizes for like three years. Um, so you can use it and it's a little bit different. It's not the same properties as ozone gas, but it has some similar effects. Um, so you can drink it and it's gonna wipe out some infections there. Um, and then again, going back to kind of the anecdotes, I get independently, tons of people say it helps with my energy, my mood, whatever, all sorts of stuff that people will say it's helpful for, but there's a serious lack on research on that side of things. So. I still drink it just like as a, again, just kind of something to do. I have never seen any downside from people drinking it. Fortunately, it's like um, with ear insufflation, you know, you get like discharge if you do too much. Never seen that with ozone water. So yeah. it seems to be really safe. Yeah. And so, yeah, you kind of talked, kind of alluded to the like capsules and I know you have suppositories and stuff for, so for the last few minutes, um, maybe we'll dive into just a few of those because that might be something that people start out with and maybe just kind of see if they like the benefits of ozone. So uh, what's up with the uh, capsules and the suppositories? Yeah. So it's not going to have like all the benefits that I've described for like the microcirculation, improved oxygen efficiency, that kind of stuff. But essentially the suppositories, can put that up there. Um, really good in the case of like vaginal infections, gut infections, dysbiosis seems to be really helpful. Parasites even can be pretty helpful. Um, the ozonated oil capsules, you just take those by mouth, you take two a day. Where those really shine is the not just the stomach infections, it's really helpful for those. But like if you have food sensitivities, so you'd say you're gonna go out to eat and you eat a type of food that normally bothers your stomach the next day. If you take a couple of these like 30 minutes to an hour before, uh, a lot of those effects, not 100%, but a lot of them seem to get significantly reduced. So it can be really helpful for like food allergies and just uh, better all like gut gut function. So uh, that's what I would use them for primarily uh, is like GI issues. So if there's anything from end to end that has a problem, uh, I might I might use that and uh, they can be pretty helpful. So the suppositories are really popular though, just because like uh, uh, vaginal infections, dysbiosis, uh, all that kind of stuff they're they're really good at helping with so interesting yeah because i'm going to costa rica for a couple of weeks in the spring and uh you know i'll probably be digesting some foods that i don't normally eat when i'm here when i'm eating my paleo diet because i'll probably just indulge in the culture but i still am having I, my food sensitivities have went crazy down since just using ozone and detoxing more and balancing my minerals and doing all the things that I've been doing. So like I can kind of like handle some foods that I didn't used to. Uh, like I ate pasta the other day from this real authentic Italian place, but I think they use better gluten over there because it's like a real authentic place in general. But um, I haven't had that in a long time. I was kind of scared and I didn't really even have a reaction at all. So I think I'm kind of bringing my body more into balance for some foods that I don't normally eat. But thinking about grabbing up the suppositories and the capsules for my trip and maybe just kind of playing around with them while I'm there. Yeah. Just let me know. I'd be happy to send you some, uh, you can give it a try and let me know how it goes. So be interested to hear, but yeah. And good for you, like, uh, healing as much as you have. So that's cool to hear that you're able to like have pasta, you know, I know it's just once, but even to be able to do that, that's awesome. 
Yeah, when I was real sick and I would uh, eat anything like that, I would just be wiped. Like I would still feel it the next day. It was almost like it was like a hangover. And I was just like, it's just not even worth it. You know, you try to have a nice dinner with your wife. And I was just like, dude, I just got to eat steak and vegetables or whatever. (laughs) Like it just was too crazy to try to have desserts or gluten or anything. And I would even take like the Bioptimizer's Gluten Guardian. And that would help with the bloating quite a bit. But I still would feel pretty awful as far as just trying to digest it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see what it does for you. Just let me know. I can uh, have some sent to you and you can give Yeah, it a cool. Shot. That'd be, that'd be great. Cause I, I was going to maybe buy like a bottle of the suppositories and a bottle of the caps and take them on my two week trip and we'll play around with those. Cool. Yeah. That sounds great. Cool. All right, man. What, so what else, what do you think's uh, in the future of ozone? What are you working on anything crazy or do you just trying to kind of put the research out there? What, what's next? Yeah, I mean, we are working on something really crazy with ion <laughs> that I really want to oh, talk bet. about. Uh, <laughs> so I'm super excited for that. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see what kind of progress we make there. I mean, we're working on uh, EBU, extracorporeal blood oxygenation, ozonation. That'll be out in July. So some equipment for that. That's like a third of the price, easier to use, uh, has like on-site training and like all that kind of stuff. That's going to be really helpful for the clinics. It's, it's going to reduce the price for the patient significantly. So it's going to make the, the the therapy a lot more popular. So I'm excited for that. I don't know, like everything I do, like I just have kind of a few things that are important to me. One is just to do with like a really good job, like kind of like a craftsman, right? Like I don't want to make shitty tables. <laughs> I want to make really <laughs> good stuff that people love and I can feel proud about. Um, so that really drives me. And so a lot is filtered through that. The other thing is like help people in terms of just like what can we produce that's actually going to get people better, that's going to make it more accessible, reduce some of the costs or whatever the obstacles are. Like how can we reduce those obstacles to help people get better? So, I mean, in regards to ozone, a lot of the stuff I do is going to be geared towards that. Um, Just how can we get this out to more people? So more people are educated, more people benefit from it reduce the obstacles, whatever those are. So uh, there's a lot of stuff we're working on that started like two years ago and we're still getting out there. Um, So we'll have some new equipment this year. In future years, we'll even have um, equipment that doesn't require oxygen tanks that you can get pure oxygen just from the water and create the ozone from that. So that's, you know, been a project that we've kind of been working on and that's pretty exciting because then you don't need an oxygen tank. and yeah, just all sorts of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and like when you take pride in it and it just, it's, it's a blast. So. Cool. That's amazing. And uh, as you keep coming out with new stuff and new gear or whatever you're working on with ION, maybe we'll do another show as you uh, keep releasing different products and different things. And we'll keep people up to date on how they can use the new stuff. And that'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I probably should mention a couple things. I have a book coming out, uh, The Ozone Breakthrough. Uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but in the next like <laughs> month or so, uh, something like that. I just kind of been working at my pace. So um, if you're interested in learning about ozone therapy in a little bit more depth, that's a good place to go. There's uh, also the website, drsozone.com. That has a ton of good info on it. And then my website, simplio3.com. Uh, and then uh, my Instagram is mica4health. Uh, that's more me though. That's not just like ozone. So like sometimes I don't know, I'm doing whatever. So <laughs> I get, you know, don't expect just ozone stuff in there. Actually, most of the people follow me is because of ice baths. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you're very genuine, very authentic. I love your information on social media. So people should go check that out because it's a lot more than Ozone and you do a good job with creating content on there. So thank you so much for uh, telling us all about Ozone today. Yeah, huge honor. I appreciate it, Matt. Super cool. Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about Combo. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll dive into your Combo experience um, on the next show or whatever. And we'll, uh, you'll keep me updated as you do a few more sessions. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Thank you. Cool. Later on, brother. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.